This morning we're starting a short series on the really exciting book of Nehemiah. Why is it exciting? Well, for these post-lockdown days and weeks as we look to the future, it's a story of what it means to respond in faith and courage to a really difficult situation. As we join the story, Nehemiah has just received a visit from Hanani, his brother, and another group of people who've just come back from Judah. They've just visited the remnant, uh, the, the group of exiles who've returned to Jerusalem to try and make a new life for themselves there. First thing we need to learn from Nehemiah, facing reality. He unflinchingly faces the reality of the situation. He questions. You could actually take, put that strong, more strongly. He interrogated Hananiah about the situation of the remnant. He wants to know. And the summary is they are in great trouble and disgrace. That Jerusalem, uh, the wall has been broken down and, it, and the gates have been burned by fire. Why does that matter? It matters because that means that Jerusalem is a stronghold that isn't strong and cannot be held. Why do the gates matter so much? Well, if you've ever built a dam on a beach or in a, or in a stream, a country stream, you'll know that the, the hardest place to close is the last bit. As you've built up the dam and more and more water's held behind it, that, that final span, the stream gets, gets quicker and quicker and stronger and stronger. You need a wall in a city because clearly uh, people and goods need to come in and out. But that is always where any stronghold is weakest. And that's why so much attention went into designing them. So that the fact that the gates have been burned by fire, they've been put utterly beyond use, means that there is no way, even if you rebuild the wall, there is no way to make Jerusalem a stronghold. It'll just be that, that really swift uh, flow through the gap that you can't close. So the situation is dire. They're in great trouble and disgrace, and Jerusalem is neither strong nor capable of being held. Nehemiah faces the reality. I think he's a great leader because he faces reality unflinchingly and with great courage. The second thing that we find he does is he seeks God's face. He seeks God's face. Um, the first time that he meets in the month of Kislev is November-December. When he actually approaches the king at the beginning of the next chapter uh, is in the month of Nisan. That's around four months later. So he seeks God's face. He doesn't have a prefabricated solution. He doesn't rush to judgment or this is what we should do. He's not an activist. Initially, he pauses and he spends four months, we're told, weeping and mourning and praying and fasting, probably searching the scriptures, allowing God's solution to emerge. He doesn't rush to judgment, he doesn't rush ahead. He faces the reality and then faces the reality before God in prayer. He seeks God's face. Third thing I think we need to learn from Nehemiah is he makes this fight his own. He makes this fight his own. He is in a really, really cushy billet. 
Even though he is a foreigner, he is in an incredibly trusted position as cupbearer to the king. Uh, the dynasty had often seen people, shall we say, moved on to glory through poison. So a cupbearer to the king was an incredibly trusted position. He's a little bit like Mr. Carson in Downton Abbey. He is an utterly secure position, uh, insulated from all of the challenges that face his people around, around the palace. So he is risking a lot at this point. But the, the great thing about Nehemiah is he doesn't just identify what needs to be done. He commits himself wholeheartedly to being part of the solution. So often in life, and I think we've seen it a lot in these lockdown months, it's very easy to criticise, it's very easy to see what's wrong, but then it's actually sometimes hard to do anything about it. Nehemiah is not one of those who stands on the sidelines and say, well, you should have done that and you should have done this. He's one on, who wants to jump into the game and make a difference. He wants to be part of winning the game. He's not content to stand on the sidelines. He wants to be in there. He makes this fight his own. And he risks everything. He's about to, in the beginning of chapter 2, he's about to put his whole future on the line. And that doesn't mean being fired or being sacked. That means probably having his head cut off. Artaxerxes was an absolute ruler. And that meant, basically, he could do whatever he wanted. So if you cheesed him off in this really trusted position, you were risking everything. So he faces the reality, he seeks God's face, he makes this fight his own, and then fourth, he remembers. He remembers who his people are, he remembers who God is, and he remembers the promises that God has made. It's amazing. He, he, he basically identifies with the sin of the whole people of Israel and Judah. He says, I am my father's house, we, we have acted wickedly, we have deserved this. But then he says, I remember that, but I remember who you are. And therefore I call upon you, uh, almighty God, to remember your people, to remember your promises that you made through Moses in the covenant. You said if we sinned against you, you would scatter us. But you promised, having scattered us, if we remembered you and we turned to you and sought you afresh, you would bring us back. You would bring us back to our home. You would bring us back to yourself. So he's saying, Lord, remember us. This is the time, remember us. And grant me favour. Grant me favour. Grant me a sense of your presence and power as I go to speak to Artaxerxes. Move things in the heavenlies, Lord. Move things in the heavenlies that I will have favour and that we will see your promise. We will see you remembering your promise through what I do on your behalf. So we need to learn from Nehemiah at the time like this. We need to learn from him that, that we need to, to face reality unflinchingly. We need to seek God's face and allow God's purpose to emerge over time. For, uh, four months of praying and fasting and mourning and seeking after God's face. So it's, it's face reality. Seek God's face. Make this fight our own. 
Don't just stand on the sidelines and say, well, it's over to you guys, you need to do this, that, and the other. I, no, it's about saying, I want to be part of that. And finally, it's about remembering God's presence, God's promises, and God's power. So what does all this mean for us today? Like Nehemiah, we have to face the reality. We're in a really turbulent time. I remember when we were in Christchurch for the earthquake many years ago, 35 seconds of earthquake led to a 20-year rebuilding plan. We face a really challenging time as a nation. We face a really challenging time as a church. That's going to need faith and courage, not just for now, but persistently over the years to come. It's going to be a new normal. Yes, uh, churches can be open for private prayer. From July the 4th, we can be open for worship, but we're really not sure what the regulations will allow us to do. It won't look like it has done before. So we're in, this, we're in this time of facing the reality in all kinds of ways. We've been doing that over recent weeks and months. I'm reminded that in the next chapter, before Nehemiah shares with anyone else what's in his heart, what he feels that the Lord has put in his heart to do there, he goes and faces the reality. He goes and inspects the wall. He goes and looks at the rubble. We're in a time where we've survived a storm. Uh, but storms leave a lot of wreckage behind. There's a lot of sorting through. And there's a lot of, a lot of asking the Lord, Lord, what should we do with this? How should we respond to that? What should we replant? What should we restart? What should we start? We're in that place of facing the reality that uh, life after lockdown, life after COVID, isn't going to look exactly what it looked like before. So we need faith and courage for these times and the persistence to keep going and to know that God is with us. In the coming weeks, as we follow the story of Nehemiah, we'll see all of the ups and downs, the highs, the lows, the disappointments, the threats, everything that he navigates. And that's the kind of spirit we're going to need over these months and years to come. We're going to need to rebuild. We're going to need to grow in ways that we haven't anticipated. We're going to need to see spiritual renewal and revival in ourselves and in those around us. That's what we're pursuing. But we have to face the reality and know that it's going to be a challenge, that it's going to re require courage and faith from us. Second thing that we need to remember from Nehemiah is we need that commitment to seeking God's face. Face is a way that, that the Old Testament talks about being in the very presence of God. We remember the tabernacle that Moses went to speak with God face to face as a man speaks with his friend. We remember in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that as we contemplate the Lord's glory, as we come into his presence, we're being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory that comes from the Spirit. And again, the thrust there is that sense of us going into the place of meeting, the tent of meeting, and encountering God face to face. It's a place where we, we encounter glory. It's a place where we get fresh wisdom and understanding. I think Nehemiah was a massive activist, and yet he waited four months, four months before he did anything, 
four months in which he was seeking God and allowing God's idea, God's vision to be birthed and grown within him. I think this is a time where we too need to be seeking God's face for the future. That's why we're working through Nehemiah. That's why we're encouraging prayer. And over and over again in this time, it is a time where we need to be comforted so that we can comfort others. We need to be strengthened by his spirit so that we can share that with others. When we want to rejoice with, with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, we have to be in a place where that we're authentically real. And that means we have to be before God, face to face. So in all that you face at the moment, how are you seeking the Lord? How are you allowing him to speak to you? How are you allowing him to birth something new in you? We need to seek God's face. And the final thing we need to learn from Nehemiah is remembering. Remembering who God is, remembering what he has promised. Partly that's about testimony. I, I could tell you the story about how God has preserved our lives on a couple of occasions. So that's maybe something that we'll wait for when we're actually worshipping in person. But we remember who God is. We remember the power of the gospel to save. We remember the, the, the power of God's presence within us and flowing through us. We need to remember we need to remember that God has not changed, that his word has not failed, that his promises will still be fulfilled, even in a post-COVID-19 world. So that's what we need to remember, and we need to look to God with confidence, confidence that he has a plan, a plan to prosper us, not to harm us, a plan to give us a hope and a future, even in times like this. Even when it feels like there's just wreckage around us, even when it feels like, oh my word, how can we get, how can we get from where we are now to where we want to be? God is with us. God is with us. We need to remember that and rejoice in that, even in times of personal difficulty, even in times where actually financially things are challenging, even in times where actually right now we can't see our way forward. We remember Remember that we have a good shepherd. Remember that we have someone who will lead us over difficult ground. Remember that we have a shepherd who has a staff and a club, a club to defend us and a staff to guide us. That's the excitement. Excitement that there is a new thing emerging. As it says in Isaiah, see I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? So we remember that God is, is the God over all of this. That God has a plan, that God is doing a new thing. So let's remember that. And while it will be so easy to think, oh my word, what are we going to do? It will be so easy to rush ahead. It will be so easy to think, well, there's no way forward. We remember and we look at Nehemiah and think, faith and courage and seeking God's face and remembering who God is and calling upon him, that's what will lead us through. That's what will lead us, yes, to, to still waters and green pastures. That's what will lead us to a harvest. That's what will lead us to a stronger church in this nation. We need to remember who God is. Amen. Amen.